You're listening to the Art of Business Podcast, part of the Art of Business Network. The culture shock is so immense from going from this first world country where I can go to Walmart and get whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I can go in and come out everything I need. Going there, they don't have anything. I mean, it's a stunningly beautiful country. The people are beautiful. The um, I, You can't find nicer people, but the poverty is so immense. We just simply want to provide a way for them to do what they do. They have education. They have schools. But many kids just can't afford it. Thousands, maybe millions of kids can't afford it. Um, so we... They have a vehicle for going to school. Um, we just want to provide them the funds so that they can. When we go, they don't have hair that's flowy like ours is. Um, so when we went to the school, they, me as well as Reagan and Rio and as well as my mom, they were like, can we touch your hair? And then they <laughs> start braiding my hair. They start touching the hair. Reagan was, uh, they kept... He kept flipping his hair back <laughs> yeah, they kept and doing that. Do that. And they kept asking him repeatedly. And he kept signing his Instagram handle on oh, all their of their hands. hands. They all he, his he, was, he was a little rock star. Um, <laughs> and this starts in like elementary school. So they were all playing with my hair and did a bunch of hairstyles. And I was making everybody bracelets. And then me and Roman started showing them um, like American party dances. Like... Um, the Cot Nigel and the Cha Cha Slide, and they were all so confused. <laughs> they were like, they "What were is the like, point of this?" What? Is a question I got so a yeah, like it was. That was one of that was really fun because when got- you see the immense amount of poverty and people who are uneducated, they don't see a way out. There's no way out, and then somebody gives a little bit. And it literally changes their life. I said to Father Emmanuel, how much does it cost to send a girl to school? And he responded, $600. And it blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, two trips to Walmart, two trips to Sam's Club. We spend $600 on things, yet $600 could make an extraordinary difference in a person's life. And I said, well, we should do something about that. Um, We currently have... 36 girls and two boys in school um, that are currently studying right now. Welcome to the Yard of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and their surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, how they built their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. Today, I'm joined with Miss Jill Finnerty Ricardo, along with two of her children, Roman and Rio Ricardo. They're here to represent their charity, the Aruhu Watoto Project. You can find them online at ahuruwatotoproject.com. Today's show is going to be a little bit different than what we generally do. Normally, we sit down with for-profit business owners. However, today we're sitting down with a family who took it upon themselves to start a charity aimed at providing an education, 
clothing, food, and shelter for girls in the Dodoma region of Tanzania, Africa. Jill and her kids, Roman and Rio, tell us about their trips to Africa, how they got involved with philanthropy, why they started this charity, and a whole lot more. But first, we set the foundation on the podcast by finding out about their backgrounds. I'm Jill Ricardo, Jill Finnerty Ricardo. I was born here in Florida um, and ended up at Zephyr Hills High School where I graduated. Um, uh, went to Florida Southern College in Lakeland and uh, then traveled in the Up With People program after working at Florida Southern for a couple of years. Um, so spent a year on the road doing community service and performance. Um, and then came back home, uh, ended up in Dade City uh, where um, I got married. Um, at the Abbey and uh, ended up having eight kids, five biological, three adopted. Nice. Um, we're homeschoolers and um, yeah, we're very involved in our community with Arts in Motion and other other things. And so... What type yeah. of performance were you doing? What were you into? Um, well, I was a singer and a dancer in the show. It was a, um, Up With People is a, a, an organization that promotes peace through understanding. And so we travel the world... Um, Doing community service, living in host families, and um, performing. The end of the the end of the stay is a performance, like a two hour Broadway type show, um, where we thank our community for having us there. How'd you get involved in that? I saw a show, and um, said I have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it looked so fun. Yeah. So yeah, I packed my bags and hit the road. And so what was um, that? What was that like? It was amazing. I had some of my best friends um, that I've that I will ever have are uh, from the cast. Um, we had a cast of 150 people from 25 different countries speaking about 28 different languages. Um, so it was an amazing experience staying in host families was, um, of course, one of those things that will change your life forever um, because you see people where they are. You don't always stay in rich families. You don't, you know, or even middle-class families. You get to see people who struggle a lot and uh, it was eye-opening and um, life-changing how long did you do it for a year on uh, all of 1993 i spent on the road wow so and we stayed in 80 to 90 host families that year wow mm -hmm. okay jeez and 80 uh, in, in a year okay that, that that's one every couple of weeks it seems like so oh it, it that's was a lot of yeah it was it was quick because we spent about four five weeks maybe in staging in tucson um and then um hit the road um, we had a, a two-week break in the middle. Um, so we were doing a lot of travel shows where we travel into a city, do a, a day or two, and hit the road again. Yeah, yeah, travel by bus mostly. Um, it was okay. it was something. I yeah. lived out of a suitcase for a whole year. Wow, okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so are, it was I, awesome. I, I may have missed it. Did you say you're from Dade City? I was born in Bartow. Bartow, um, okay. Uh, ended up after a few moves at Zephyr Hills High School, and yeah. then um, after my Up With People experience, I came home, I had to pay off my credit cards, and uh, so ended up in Dade City. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, awesome. So, Rio, what's your story? Um, I'm in eighth grade, and... I was born in Dade City, born and raised in Dade City, and you're the fourth child. I am as the well. fourth child of eight. Okay. Um, and first girl. First girl, yes. Oh, wow. Very special. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I like to. I take dance at Blackwood Studios, and I do theater with Arts in Motion, as well as other places in Tampa. And yeah. What kind of dance? Um. A lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do ballet, tap, acrobatics. Oh, 
acrobatics, um, jazz, modern uh, point. So wow, what got yeah. you into dance? Um, I when I was like three or four, I really wanted to do it. So. <laughs> gotcha. Um, my parents were just like, it's either soccer or dance. <laughs> well, she started with soccer and she just chased butterflies the whole yeah. time. So oh, dance okay. seemed the better option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, dance was the better fit. Yeah, I started dance when I was four and I just have it stopped. So. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Right on. Well, fantastic. And Rowan, what's your story? Um, I'm the firstborn of my mother, <laughs> um, but I'm currently a junior. Uh, at Florida Southern College in Lakeland as a BFA musical theater student as well as BFA technical theater student with a focus in lighting. And um, I just hang around with theater people and <laughs> put on shows. <laughs> I do a lot around right after this. I'll be going to a script reading for a new show that's being written. So What show? Um, can you talk about it? Is it okay to talk I about it? I don't think I can right oh, okay. now. Okay, okay, no worries. That's all right. That's all right. So you, you have a focus in lighting. What's, yes. What's that? How do you? Um, like like lighting up the stage like, so it looks proper. Yeah, I was. Um, I used to work in Wesley Chapel for a theater for the Pasco County School District, um, the Wesley Chapel Center for Performing Arts, and my boss Keith Eisenstadt. He was the technical director as well as the lighting designer for our theater. And he was kind of just an inspiration for me to get into tech theater because I know as an actor, it's not uh, guaranteed to have work. So I decided to have a practical route going forward that will help lend me in other areas of my life. So you want to be an actor? Yes. Is that, that the long-term goal? Like movies, uh, uh, sitcoms, whichever short pays, <laughs> <laughs> wherever they wherever they want me, I'll go. Yeah, cruise you, ships anywhere. Any mm -hmm. cruise ships? Yes. Okay. Any okay. auditions you've done so far? Any any big parts you've been in? Um, big parts in like community and like uh, sure uh, school. I just recently got cast in Carrie as uh, the musical as Billy. He's the bully, which is <laughs> he's not. He's mean, but he's fun. It'll be fun. Um, it's not a uh, show of my character, but it's a. Uh, I haven't gone out professionally yet. Um, hope that's a hope for this upcoming summer. So we'll see what happens. Okay, and so yeah. Carrie, that's a musical. Can you? Yeah. Uh, are you a singer? Can you sing? Yes, I, I'm a. I'm a singer. A singer first, mostly, then an actor. Okay. Um, this is my talented. Yeah, I try to be. Yeah. Dancing's getting there, but I love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is my fifth college production in the five semesters I've been there. So, staying busy, get working my craft, and yeah. When do you graduate, yeah. man? December 2024. Oh, okay. So okay. I'll be staying an extra semester than how much many I should, but I'm not complaining. I'm getting two bachelor's degrees out of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks good on my resume. <clears throat> right on, right on. So now I did look at Jill's Facebook page. So I did, <laughs> um, um, and I seen that you guys did some traveling. You talked about it just a second ago or uh, mm -hmm. before we were recording. Mm -hmm. Back in June, you guys went to Nairobi. We, we flew to Nairobi and then traveled to Tanzania. Tanzania. Mm -hmm. None of your bags made it. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> what was that like? Oh. Oh. Very my, frustrating. My um, because most of the things in those bags were for our charity. Um, we, carried, we carried on our clothes by yeah. other son, Regan. He, he uh, checked his clothes, so he didn't have any clothes. Um, or toiletries. But we um, packed... 
uh, but we packed. Footballs. Yeah, we had American footballs and soccer, and soccer balls, balls, and we I had collected bras um, because women in those countries are eighty percent more likely to be raped yeah. if they're not wearing a bra. Um, so I collected a hundred bras to take over. Those were in the bags. Eventually, My we uh, don donated a hundred twenty something shirts. We didn't get any of those. So I was like, uh, whenever I had internet, I would let my bosses know, hey, the shirts may not have made it. So I'll get the pictures if I can. They eventually... Most I of think them. we got one six of the bags of the, the day we were leaving yeah, mm. to go back home like, 26 days many, later. Like five? Um, and one of the bags is still missing. Gotcha. So we got most later. of the we things like that we intended, but... The footballs all got home before, got here to Dade City before we did. Um, so we'll just take them next time. <laughs> yeah, right. Holy cow. So, so, but, so you carried on your clothing. So you, you still mm-hmm. had your clothes or most of you. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, what so, we were wearing and, and a couple extra outfits. And so how did, how did you go about getting clothes for, 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 for Regan? Um, we went to a market and picked up a few things he wore some of of his sister's clothes (laughs) he wore some of my clothes yeah we just sort of shared um, and uh, just picked up a couple of things you know um we didn't want to spend too much money on it and sure and clothes aren't terribly expensive there so yeah we okay so so and you got the final destination was tanzania yes and so what was the purpose of that trip um my family um me in particular, but my family with my family support. Um, I started a charity back in 2015 called the Uhuru Wachoto Project, and we went to Tanzania. Um, this was our second trip hmm. to support the charity, um, to meet the girls, to go to meet their families, um, and to uh, you know assess needs and see what needs to be done and how we can help. Gotcha. Okay, fantastic. So I do want to start talking about your involvement with charities, Mm -hmm. uh, your involvement in Tanzania, Mm -hmm. and of course your charity, the Ahuru Watoto Project. But Mm -hmm. before we do that, I want to start understanding how you guys got involved in charities to begin with. Mm -hmm. So what was kind of the initial sort of motivation for getting involved in these charitable causes uh, in in the first Mm -hmm. place? Well, growing up as... um Many kids are. I was involved in my church and and the the works that we did there. Um, then traveling. Well, first being in in college and my sorority. Of course, we did philanthropy work and that kind of thing. Um, my sorority at the time, uh, which is Zeta Tau Alpha, um, at the time our um, philanthropy was uh, what was called at the time, Associated Retarded Citizens ARC, it's called now. Um, And so we did work with them, which I loved. Then traveling and up with people, every community we went in, we did community service. Um, So I was really inspired during that time to find something that is my thing. Um, When I came back, I went to the very first meeting of um, the Habitat for Humanity, East Pasco Habitat for Humanity. I went to their very first founding meeting. Um, my dad ended up executive director of that 20 years later. Um, oh. So we, I come from a family that is um, charitable, not necessarily philanthropic, because that implies that you have a lot of money <laughs> to give. Um, we have time and we have um, talent. And so that's what we, we use. Um, uh, then of course, when I had kids, being involved um, charitably was a little harder because I had a lot of little kids. But then when this came up in 2015, um, 
most of my kids were older and could help with the littles. And um, it just, it was the right thing to do. I was called to do it. So yeah, when you're called, that's what you do, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about, did you, you guys just following in mom's footsteps? Is that kind of, kind of what you're doing? Or like, what is your own motivation for, for being involved in charities? Yeah. I mean, uh, growing up, I always had my mom uh, wanting to do things and my grandfather, he working with Habitat for Humanity. He was always in Macedonia for extended periods of time doing charity work, mm. building houses, being a representative for Habitat US to Macedonia. So I always, I grew up watching that. So I think that was sort of a, um, those who are listening, you can't see the hand motions I'm doing, <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, it's stuck in the back of my head about always working for other people and trying to help others. So it was just kind of a, it seems natural and it's just to part just of do our it. Faith too. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up always doing work with my church, always grew up. Um, I was homeschooled my entire life. So our homeschool group went and did, I remember this very vividly. We went and made bags of candy to give to veterans overseas. And I just, I've always been, roped into doing it so <laughs> i've always liked it and continue doing it yeah yeah um i just my mom made the charity when i think i was like six at your birthday party mm. oh, oh yeah, yeah. It at, at my at, at my sixth birthday party it, yeah it started on my at my sixth birthday party so i've just kind of always had that with me i guess you could say i don't it's like I've just kind of always wanted to help because yeah. I always knew when if we went to different events like at churches like every like sometimes there'd be like dinners or something to help the charity. I remember going to those or like hearing about them, um, and so it's, I've just always kind of known about it, I guess. And um, I've just always wanted to go to Africa, and I've just always wanted to help with all of that. I love it. So, so, so let's talk about Tanzania. So what got you interested in Tanzania initially? Okay. So like she said, um, we were at church one Saturday night and her sixth birthday party was the next day. And I said to a new priest, we didn't know him. Um, he was from Tanzania, Father Emmanuel in Kahiro. Um, I said to him as we were walking out, hey, we're having a birthday party tomorrow. Would you like to come? And he said, yes. <laughs> so he came to our house. Um, it was so interesting because he was very new to the States. So when I asked him, do you want a hot dog? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> so he's like, just fix me a plate. But during the course of him being in our home, he noticed our... Um, Sounds fancy to call it a library. It's a room with lots of books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean... It, it's basically a library in our school house, um, but it's where we do our school. Um, and so he asked me about this room with so many books and um, said to me, um, in their entire lives, the people in my village would never see this many books. I mean, this is a home book bookshelves. <laughs> it's just, it's nothing spectacular. Um, yeah. But he was so overwhelmed by the number of books that we had. Um, so then we started talking about school. Um, homeschooling is unheard of and, in fact, illegal in Tanzania. Um, and he, had, he didn't even understand why we would do it. Um, 
and uh, then I started asking him about school there, and he was telling me how most of the kids there can get an elementary education in their village, um, reading, writing, arithmetic, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get to secondary school, um, you must pay to go to school, whether it's public or private. Mm-hmm. Um, you must pay um, tuition, room, room and board, because most of the schools are a couple of hours away. Mm. Um, walking. Walking. A couple hours walking away. Yeah. Um, you, have to ha- you must have uniforms. You must pay for your books. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it was a, a completely unknown thing that they didn't have a public school that was free for a, a higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that most, um, most families would send their boys if they could afford it. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority don't send their girls because mm-hmm. a girl is going to leave the family. And so she's not worth um, putting that type of investment in. Um, and uh, it, made me, it made me very sad on so many levels. I felt sorry for the moms who also are not educated, so they can't even subversively <laughs> educate their kids. Um, and it made me sad for the girls particularly. Now, some of the girls would walk to school if, if they could afford it, but they would have to walk back and forth. There are situations where wild animals could hurt them. There are situations where uh, men can hurt them. Um, And there were situations where the girls would go to school, stay in a hostel, but then they would um, trade sex for um, money for food. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they would end up pregnant and they would go home not only did were they 14, 15, 16 years old with a baby, but they also had no husband, so they were disgraced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this cycle of poverty that goes round and round and round. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I said to Father Emmanuel, how much does it cost to send a girl to school? And he responded, $600. And it blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, two trips to Walmart, two trips to Sam's Club. Right. You know, we spend six hundred dollars on things, sure, so away, yeah. so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yet six hundred dollars could make an extraordinary difference in a person's life. And I said, "Well, we should do something about that." And he said, "Yeah, let's pray for about it." And so we did um, for a couple months. And he came back. He said, "I think we should do it." And I said. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what I've gotten myself into, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So since then, um, our first year, we had 19 girls in school. Um, We currently have 36 girls and two boys in school um, that are currently studying right now. Um, And we've had lots of success stories over the seven years. Um, That's, uh, yeah, it's been seven years already. Um, over the seven years since we started, so. So and we'll get into that in just a second. So when you when you so you've been over there twice now. Yes, we um, Roman and Reagan and I went in March of 2019. Okay. Um, and then Reagan, Roman, Rio, and I went in June. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so was it kind of what you expected? And more. <laughs> and less. <laughs> what What do you think, Roman? I. It's a little bit of a little bit of everything. Like you, it, the culture shock is so immense from going from this first world country where I can go to Walmart and get whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I can go in and come out everything I need. Going there, they don't have anything. 
Well, they do, but they don't have, they can't get what they want if they want it. They have mm. to need it. Mm. I, I can get stuff I want. Oh, I want a French press. I can just go to Walmart. They need water. <laughs> um, but And they can't even get they that. They can't yeah, get that. They get it from dry riverbeds or a well that's dirty. So it's just immensely different. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Just shock it, it but yeah. everyone's so nice and friendly and genuine over there and joyful joyful they're excited about life they're not going through it begrudgingly mm-hmm. like some people are here sure it's, sure it's it's refreshing to see very yeah. refreshing wow wow tell them about the house we stayed in oh our little house in in lolly <laughs> um so we had like, okay. Um, uh, so we are, um, what am I trying to say? So it's like, oh my God, I can't explain. It's a house. It's a house. Um, so we have a house yes. that has been loaned to us when we need it. Uh-huh. Um, in Mulali, which is where one of our schools is. Yes. And it has running water when the well is when the well yeah. tank when the, is when full. There's power. When it, yeah. and, and there's power. There has to be power, and the well tank has to be full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if too many people use the water, the water is done for the day. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's not hot water. <laughs> it's very cold water, actually. Um, we, had, we had one nice toilet. The other two toilets were, were squat, squat toilets. To, well, actually. Um, so everybody used the same bathroom. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there, yeah. Um, we washed our hand, our, uh, our clothes by hand in a little wash tub. Yeah. Um, if we wanted a warm bath, we heated the water on a propane like a camp stove. Um, we had to drink and, out of bottled waters. Oh, yeah. We couldn't brush but, our teeth without yeah, a bottle Yeah, of you water. can't use the water from the it's brown. Um, it's about the, <laughs> the color of tea. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. But that's what they drink and cook with. Yeah. Yes. Um, we, th- they had a concrete floor in the house, which was very nice. Um, most people have dirt for floors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, um, we had oh. mosquito nets, um, which is nice because nets. most people don't. Um, malaria is rampant over there. Sure. Um, this... You would put, you would say to anyone, I'm going to take you to this place and give you this vacation home. And most people would walk in there and say, oh, no, I'm not staying (laughs) here. For us, seeing what we saw, it was a mansion. Wow. It was a mansion. Yeah. And, and, and nice well equipped i mean we yeah. had two chairs and a couch there most people don't they have a blanket beds. that they sit on the floor these mm-hmm. small um, little um, they had beds wooden stools like a tr- like a tripod stool like okay little, tripod the, stool. the ones you think of when you think of a rustic stool sure that's sure. what they use in it's the a, called a kidoga a ki- kigoda kigoda okay kigoda. okay mm-hmm. gotcha roman took yeah. lots of lots of notes while yeah. we were there i took pictures <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Tanzania is, it's beautiful. First of all, it is beautiful. Absolutely Mm -hmm. stunning. There's jungles. There are areas that look like our our, uh, American Southwest. Um, (laughs) 
very uh, dry. Um, but then there are places that look like Hawaii. the tropics, like you ex- you would think a jungle would look like. And then um, you have the craters and the Serengeti Plain. And I mean, it's a stunningly beautiful country. The people are beautiful. Oh, the yeah. um, I, you can't find nicer people, but the poverty is so immense, yeah. Im- immense poverty. Yeah. Um, and even people who live in um, Dodoma or Dar es Salaam, which is um, the cultural the, capital the of the, of the um, country. Uh, Dodoma mm-hmm. is the political capital. Dar es okay. Salaam is the, kind of like Washington, D.C. and New York City. Sure, okay. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, people who live in nice homes still have squat toilets and their kitchen is outside and they cook over a fire. Mm-hmm. These are, and these are the people. This the one family I'm thinking of, the yeah. the uncle of Father Emmanuel. Um, he was a gemologist. He had done very well from for himself, and he, his wife still cooked over a fire outside, and they still had a squat toilet in their home. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just something that you can't really conceive of until you see it yourself. I mean, sure. it's you know I thought I knew I had done so much research before we went the first time. I thought I knew all the things and i i was blown away every day every yeah. day something blew me away yeah perspective yeah right? a lot of perspective yeah i, I mean I, I get frustrated when i go to walmart and they don't have my my, my flavor of coffee I gotta right else, you know? or we lose electricity for three hours yeah. and, or the internet outage in dade city the other day and everybody's like oh my gosh we don't have internet for eight hours yeah. uh yeah we didn't have internet for 26 days <laughs> 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 literally father Emmanuel was put on his hot spot i would get on just to check for our bags <laughs> and then you know 10 minutes maybe we had um we also checked to see if the lightning had won the stanley cup <laughs> that's true multiple yeah. times yeah nice. it was that the day we found out the Stanley Cup was won by the Avalanche was very, very a very, very somber day, day in, in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So you founded the Ahuru Watoto Project back in 2015, mm-hmm. and I pulled this directly from your website. The Ahuru Watoto Project is a 501c3 organization based in Dade City, Florida. Our mission is to share God's love by providing an education clothing, food, and shelter for girls in the Dodoma region of Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about it a little bit, but I was hoping you could just expand on that a little bit more and just tell us a little bit more about your charity. Okay. Um, So the way we have structured what we do, particularly regarding education, is that we in no way want to be like colonialists, you know what I mean? We don't wanna be, the Americans are coming in and telling you how you should do what you should do. We just simply wanna provide a way for them to do what they do. They have education, they have schools, but many kids just can't afford it. Thousands, maybe millions of kids can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, they have a vehicle for going to school. Um, We just wanna provide them the funds so that they can. Right now, it's $680. After that initial $600 that Father Emmanuel told me about, we didn't think about things like menstrual pads and Tylenol or a trip to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So we added a little bit more so that we could cover some of their other needs. Um, So the first mission is to get people in school. We started with girls. 
but there are boys in need and educated girls need to marry educated boys. Sure. So we want to make sure um, it was mentioned to us, especially on this trip, not so much the first trip, but on this trip, there are so many organizations coming in to help girls in Africa in total that the boys are starting to fall behind, kind of like what's happening in our own country. Mm -hmm. um, there's such a push for um, empowerment of girls that the boys are starting to get left behind. For instance, in colleges today, there are more girls going to college than there are boys in America. Um, so we kind of want to make it a little more balanced. Um, but still, our mission um, is the girls because truly they are marginalized. Um, in that country, and that's not a word I use very often, but um, they are truly marginalized um, in their by their own families. Um, uh, when we, when, what we also want to do is encourage them to start their own businesses. Entrepreneurship is big. Um, I'll tell you about one girl, my favorite um, story. Um, but we, in the future, we'd I'd love to take groups of maybe college kids or um, people who want to go and help some villagers make business plans, um, help in the, have nurses help in the, the, um, the hospital or the dispensary, um, help, you know, raise money for a defibrillator. We were in this beautiful village called Mbunga, which was on far. top of a mountain. Okay. It was on it top was of a mountain. On top of a mountain. Um, far, far from where we were. It was a, it was a it was full a day full, trip. It was a six-hour drive. Um, wow. So we went up there and saw the most incredible view. The, the picture, my um, profile picture, is from Mbunga. Hmm. But they don't have a defibrillator. So I was talking to the, the dispensary, and they were telling us how... A dispensary they, is... It's, it's a clinic, clinic, like a health clinic. They'll deliver sure. babies sure. that are safe to be delivered. Um, they'll... Um, They'll do minor injuries. They do have um, the ability to test for malaria, HIV. Um, there was another one, typhoid. Um, so they can test for those things. But if they need treatment, they more than they can provide in the dispensary, they have to either call an ambulance to come all the way up the mountain and back. I mean, you could die in that amount of time. Um, or they put them on a motorcycle. Like if you have appendicitis, they might put you on a motorcycle and take you down the mountain yeah. to a hospital so that you can have an appendectomy. And I said, so what about people who have heart attacks? And they're mm -hmm. like, well, they just die. And I was like, wow, something so simple. I mean, ultimately they might die, but at least you could give them a chance with a defibrillator, but they, they just don't have the money for, for those kinds of things. Um, women who are uh, pregnant, they do keep a close eye on them, um, on their blood pressure, their sugar, um, whether they're turned, you know, whether the baby's turned. They don't have ultrasound, but, you know, they can feel to see if the baby's turned correctly. If they're not, if the mother's not doing well, they'll go ahead and send them down the mountain prior to her due date. Okay. Um, but, you know, and these dispensaries are all over the place. I mean, all over the country um, yeah. that are that that have very few supplies. Um, they're as clean as they can be, which isn't horribly clean. Um, the, the water they're they're using to sterilize is well water. It's not clean. Um, they do the best they can. They're they're the people who work in the dispensaries are amazing because they 
they see it all. And they're so, they're so kind and they're so um, interested in helping their people, but they just don't have the resources that they need. Um, so we'd love to help the dispensaries. Um, we'd love to help. Um, there's a developmental hospital for kids who have um, maybe cerebral palsy or some other um, need where they need physical therapy. We'd love to help them more. Um, those kids are wonderful. Um, and they do the best they can. But they ha like this, this place has a pool. It was, has a huge crack in it. Um, when we were there in 2019, they said, we need to get this repaired. It's still got a crack in it. It's still not repaired. It would be so helpful to them to have that water therapy, but they just can't afford to fix the pool. So you guys have mentioned that this is the Dodoma region. Mm -hmm. Now, is that northern, southern? Where is that exactly? It's central. 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 Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with Africa at all, um, Kenya is north of Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Uganda and Rwanda are to the west. Okay. The Indian Ocean is to the east. Sure, sure. Okay. okay. So Dodoma is pretty centrally located. It is southwest of Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. Um, and due east of Dar es Salaam, which is, like I said, is the the, the capital. Due west, due west. Yeah, due east would be the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> it's due west of Dar es Salaam. And so, so why that region specifically? Because that's where Father Emmanuel is a diocesan priest. Oh, okay. Yes, Father Emmanuel is from Kilimanjaro. Um, we went to his home. It was beautiful. Couldn't see the mountain. But you couldn't see the mountain. <laughs> it's very time. foggy. Um, but that's where he is based. Okay. Um, his archbishop 100% um, welcomes us and supports what we do. Gotcha. Um, we, we saw him on both visits. Um, and, and he... Uh, so we start there. I mean... You, you have to start somewhere. So that's where we started. Um, yeah. I would love to be in other areas of sure. not only Tanzania, but there are needs in the countries all surrounding, you know, yeah. in all of East Africa. Absolutely. So, okay. And, yeah. th and those areas tend to be safe too. Like Nigeria would that. not be probably the place I would go and take my children right now. Sure. Um, Sudan probably <laughs> wouldn't be a place I would take my children or, you know, some of the countries. But Tanzania is relatively stable peaceful um kenya is a little less so there's a, a bit of terrorism in, Ke in kenya but mm, tanzania is safe so i would i would feel perfectly safe being there on my own mm. taking my children mm -hmm. um or encouraging someone else to go there sure sure do you guys have contact with them throughout the year like did they give you updates about how things are going they do um it's not as frequent as I would like because they just don't always have ac access to internet. Um, for instance, the first year we were there, there was a, a blackout in the whole country. The whole country had no electricity mm -hmm. for, for what it was, was like, it? like three or four days yeah. at least. No electricity. Yeah. So there, it, it just depends. We use WhatsApp mostly um, because we can th communicate freely with yeah. no charge, um, and we don't want them to be charged. Um, but so we get updates, but not as frequently as I would like, be just because of their situation. Sure, yeah, I, I get that. So you, you said it just a second ago, but um, what are some of your favorite stories from the charity so far? I want to get from, from, from each of you. What, what are some of your, your favorite stories? What are some of your favorite stories? <laughs> um, 
I think looking back on this most recent trip, I'm going to speak for Reagan right now. Um, But when we went, Reagan has this long blonde hair currently, (laughs) and he likes to keep care of it pretty well. It's long for a guy. Um, (laughs) But when we go, they don't have hair that's flowy like ours is. (laughs) Um, So when we went to the school, they, me as well as Reagan and Rio and as well as my mom, they're like, can we touch your hair? And then they I start mean, braiding my hair. They start touching the hair. Reagan was, uh, they kept, he kept flipping his hair back. <laughs> yeah, they kept and doing him to do that. And they kept asking him repeatedly. And he kept signing his Instagram handle on all their of their hands. hands. They all wanted he, his Instagram. He was, he was a little rock star. <laughs> and then, um, and what's funny is that Reagan is 15. So he was, he's right in the pocket of their age. The last time we went, Roman was 17. 17. Um, so he was in the pocket. So he was the rock star last time. This time he was more of the I adult. Was the old man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Reagan was more. In the, but, and of course, the girls loved Rio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I love it. Okay. So what about you? Um, there were so many. I just. They were all great. One of one of them that I remember a lot. It wasn't like one of the big adventures or anything. It was one where it was after we went to di- we went to dinner at um what is it called? Where does father the rectory? Father the rectory. Name. Was the, it, uncle? it yeah, was at the parish. At the not parish. but at the. The the hot the hot not the hospital the physical therapy oh, oh the physical, with, with the Franciscans yeah. yeah um it was another um rectory mm-hmm. um uh, like we went ten to, minutes we went away to dinner with we some went monks. to dinner with some monks. <laughs> with yeah. some monks. and we came and it was the last day we were gonna be in the small village about two hours away from Dodoma and so. Um, we came back and I had brought some stuff to make friendship bracelets, but I haven't, but I hadn't gotten the chance to do it. And it was like seven or eight o'clock at night and I still needed to pack and stuff, but I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to see him tomorrow and I don't want to, I wouldn't want to have this stuff and then not use it. So then we went to where a lot of them were hanging out. And so I was just like, do you guys want to make bracelets? And they got so excited and they grabbed the bag and started grabbing all the stuff that was in it. I was just like, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a bunch of like rainbow loom stuff, like the little rubber bands. So then I showed them how to make it. And I was um, trying to show them how to make it so that they can make it themselves. But all of them just wanted me to make one for them. And it was very sweet because they... They don't, they don't have, they can't, because, God, I can't talk. Um, They can't have long hair Mm. because part of the dress code is to have shaved your head. Mm. Not completely, but, so even if they wanted to grow it out, they can't. Um, And this starts in, like, elementary school. Mm. So they were all playing with my hair and did a bunch of hairstyles, and I was making everybody bracelets. (laughs) And then me and Roman started showing them, um, like, American party dances, like um, the Cot Dijo and the Cha Cha Slide. And they were all so confused. They were like, (laughs) what is the point of this? What? So, yeah, like... It was, that was one of, that was really fun, because I got to, like, connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And for me, um, going in 2019 and then coming back um, 
three years later. We were supposed to go sooner, but COVID. Um, we there are some girls that I remember. They're Anastasia. I just she has a very distinctive face, so she's one of the ones when I would think about our first trip, pretty. she would pop into my head because she just had a she has a very distinctive look. Very pretty. Um, and yeah, she's very pretty. Um, and very serious. She's very, very serious. So she was a freshman when we were there in 2019. And on our first day um, there this year, there was a, a festival of three schools, and they named the top people in each class. And Anastasia was the top of her senior class. She's n- number Four. one. And Four. that, it just, she wouldn't have been educated at all. If it weren't, and it's not me, it's the people who donate. I mean, like I said, we're not independently wealthy. I'm not sending all of this money. It's these wonderful donors who are taking a chance on my idea and my passion and allowing it to happen. Um, another one is Nema, who we also mm-hmm. met in, um, in 2019. She's now, um, again, she would never have gone to school um, her, we went to her parents' house. Um, Nama was the one uh, where the lady was washing clothes in oh, okay. very muddy water. Um, <laughs> and she's now in what's called A levels. So, um, high school, um, the first four years is O levels, ordinary levels. Okay. And it's then like you have to pass a grade. test to go to A levels, which is advanced levels. Okay. And then after that, you have to pass a test to go to university. So she's now in her A-levels studying um, chemistry, biology, and geography. She's going to be a teacher. She wants to go back nice. and teach. Um, and I'm absolutely, she's such a beautiful girl um, and just never would have had the opportunity. And then the, the one I, my favorite story is Amelia, who had graduated by the time we got there in 2019. And she had um, married a young man. They had a one-year-old baby at the time. Um, She's five now, named Jennifer, of all things. (laughs) I'm like, that's such an American name for an African girl. Um, But she, when we were there, they lived in a one-room mud hut um, that they built themselves. Um, He had just gotten a motorcycle the day we visited, which is a huge deal. Um, Most of them will never own a car. Um, but a motorcycle allows transportation um, for him to get to better jobs, um, for them to sell the things that they grow. Mm -hmm. And so in between the time we saw them in 2019 and the time we got there um, in June, um, they had built a farm. Um, They'd grow tomatoes and peanuts. Um, He has started a small winery. When we were there the first time, they were they make their own bricks to build their homes. So they had a, a line of bricks there. When we got there in June, Amelia came running up to me. Mommy, mommy, I miss you. I love you. And she showed us her home. It is four bedrooms with a living room. A washroom. A washroom. A bathroom. A bathroom. Still will have a squat toilet. Um, and a, a kitchen area. Mm. She'll still cook outside because that's like what a they do. Dining room. Um, but but an area for her to keep their food and their and their groceries. And they she has a four bed. It's supposed to be done this. Well, it's August thirty first. It's supposed to be done, done in August. Nice. Um, she has a home, and not only. Um, 
does she have a home? She has inspired other people. Her father-in-law has now started a business um, of, of harvesting honey. And he is making bricks to build himself a better home. That's and he awesome. said to us, thank you so much to the Uhuru Watoto Project because your project allowed my son to marry a good wife. And because he has a good wife, he has a good life, and they are successful. And that's all because people donated $600. Yeah. Um, I just, I love that story so much because when you see the immense amount of poverty and people who are uneducated, they don't see a way out. There's no way out. And then somebody gives a little bit and it literally changes their life. It's not like, oh, I I want a, a new phone. I mean, a new phone's it's just going to replace your old phone. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you get something that's valuable, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessarily life changing. This mm-hmm. literally not only changes their life, it changes their their family tree for generations. It changes um, their communities because now they can hire people to work for them. Yeah, they can inspire people to want the same. Yeah, um, it's. It's mind-boggling how we, first of all, how much we take education for granted, um, and how so little can help so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love it so much. So I know that there's a lot of people out there who are hesitant to get involved and donate to charities. I was in doing some research for this interview. I, there was a study produced by NYU where 70% of those who responded said that they just did not trust that the, the charities were using the money for what they said they were going to. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So for people who want to get involved in charities, how, as charity owners and organizers yourself, what are some of the steps that people can do before ever donating a dime to ensure that they've chosen and are donating to a good worthwhile cause and charity? They should definitely research the charity. Um, I think the biggest um, indicator of whether a charity is using your money correctly is the percentage that goes to administration. Um, and this was important when I worked for the American Heart Association um, many years ago. Um, that was one of the, the key things. The American Heart Association didn't use a huge percentage for administration. Um, in our case, there is no administration um, and very few costs. We might have some printing costs, um, but my husband's law firm takes care of some of that. Um, uh, we might have uh, mailing costs, um, shipping, not shipping money, but wire transfer, wire transfer, a wire transfer costs $45 every time, every time we, so I try to send all the money at once. Cause $45 is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot with $45 in Tanzania. So, um, we have no costs associated, um, for administration for ours. If they donate money, it's going to Africa, um, directly uh, and directly, into the hands there's no middleman is going directly to the schools um, and so I think that's in, it's important to know where the money goes how it's transferred mm-hmm. um, 
What are some of the difficult things about running a charity? I mean, you get a lot of joy and happiness from it, but there have to be some, I mean, uh, getting donations and yeah. getting the word out. It's the hardest part. Fundraising is very difficult, especially yeah. this year. It's going to, I know it's going to be difficult because of the economy. Um, and I'm not necessarily a person who likes to ask for money. Um, I'm passionate about it, but it's, that's not my most favorite thing to do. Um, so the hardest part is finding donors, um, finding donors who will be repeat donors, um, finding people who want to be as passionate as you do about the, the organization. Um, most of the donors we've had are people that we know or who know Father Emmanuel. Um, and that's great. But Father Emmanuel, the longer he's over there <laughs> in Tanzania, the less people here know him and feel compelled to donate because of that him. Um, I don't think anybody's donating because of me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not the inspiration. Father Emmanuel and his stories are the inspiration. Um, because a lot of times he would tell stories about his own childhood growing up. He told a story about when he was in fifth grade, I believe it was, how um, his aunt gave him a challenge that if he was the top of his class, she would buy him a new pair of pants. And he, he became top of his class and got his first new pair of pants ever. Um, he had never had a new pair of pants, and he was in fifth grade. Um, so when you hear stories like that, um, it, it makes you, you know, warm and fuzzy and, yeah. and, and want to give. But he's now living in Tanzania. I mean, his bishop brought him back. Become a and, village man. Yes, he's become a village man. Mm. Um, and so... Um, that's the hardest part is is have it's helping people see it the way I see it. The, yeah. You know, not everybody can go, um, and I've seen, and my kids have seen the poverty firsthand, the needs firsthand, the the passion the kids have for going to school. You can't. It's unmatchable. It, it's you can't incredible. imagine. I can't imagine a single kid in this country that, including my own, who are like, "Oh my gosh, I get the chance to go to school." Yeah. You know, I get I get the chance, not I have to go. Right. I, I get to go. <laughs> I yeah. get to go to school. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 yeah. I struggle it's... waking up for my eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're waking up at five a.m. to go to class. Yes, yeah, so to walk two hours with no away. breakfast. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So how can how can people get involved? If anybody's listening, they can go to your website. There's a mm -hmm. donate tab. But how, mm -hmm. how can people get involved? Um, contact me through the website or through my Facebook page. Um, there is a, a Uhuru Watoto page as well as our um, our website. Um, I'm open to ideas, to suggestions, to help. Um, sure. Certainly, I mean, money is needed but getting the word out is is important too so um and people can sponsor a whole girl or they can say i can only afford fifty dollars great we'll add it to other donations um, or they can sponsor uh pencils or right a, a, um slate for so they can write with chalk on it just some so, simple um, things are, are, is, are, so outside of money can people donate physical goods or physical goods things that you guys well, take as well sort of yes <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. the, the flight may not get it there yeah. um, <laughs> shipping is very expensive um, 
it's been suggested to us that we use one of the um, containers like go, that goes on a ship because someone can meet it and pick it up. Okay. If it gets sent through the postal service or DHL or FedEx or whatever, then it goes through customs without somebody being there. And a lot of times stuff doesn't end up where it's supposed to go. So mm. shipping is difficult because okay. um, it's expensive and you just don't know if it's going to get there. Um, one when we took things with us, it was great because we were like, we're going we're gonna to carry on, except for Reagan. Um, <laughs> we're going to carry on, and then we'll use our two bags per person and take as much stuff as we can, which is what we did. Um, it took a lot. It, it, it just a took lot. forever to get it, but, um, but that, that worked. We were able to take stuff. And then one of the things we did, too, is we took some donation money that we had and purchased things for the girls when we were there. Um, because we asked the girls, um, we met with, with each group of girls at each school um, and said, what, what do you need what are, or, or what do you want? What would, what would help you in school? It was things like soap, um, pencils, pens, a math kit. They, several of them mentioned a math kit, and I'm like, I don't even know what a math kit is. It's, a, it's like a ruler and a protractor and a compass and... Um, flip-flops for the shower that the toilets are abominable um they, they need money to fix the toilets in two of the schools so badly it's just the worst gas station you can possibly think of can't even match doesn't that. match it it's yeah. unbelievable wow. um so they wanted flip-flops for the shower um they wanted uh, Vaseline uh, for their skin. Mm -hmm. um, they wanted erasers. Um, and then we bought them a few little treats, too. Um, Pee-pee, which yeah, is pee candy. Yeah. <laughs> candy is called pee-pee. That was, that was a learning curve for us. Sort of yeah. <laughs> the kids were asking for pee-pee, and we didn't know what they were talking yeah, about. Sure, sure. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? So, I mean, when, when you ask a teenager any teenager we're gonna go to the store what what can we get you it's not usually pencils um and pens and erasers yeah. usually it's like coffee or, <laughs> i have a monster please yeah, yeah. can you like get that. me some right. candy <laughs> so. right okay guys i love it i love it so all right, we're going to kind of start winding things down. I mean, are there any topics that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about or something that we did cover that you want to dig a little deeper on? Um, just that we do talk about that we run, we run through the church, um, and we do. But the people we serve are not necessarily Catholics, Christians, believers of any kind in any god um some of them have tribal religions some of them are muslim some of them are catholic some are are protestant christians our reach is our is not um just our church it it's for any child over there who needs help so we are not yes we run through the diocese of dodoma but we share with whomever lives there because it it doesn't matter to us we don't care. Um, yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, we, I could talk a week hours. about the things we saw. Um, you know, the albino people that. Oh, that was the like. Uh, um, was, up to five years ago, I believe. Ten, it was ten years ago. Ten years ago, off. this year, um, 
albinos were fair game to anybody. Mm-hmm. So they it would. was legal to hunt them. So they had to stay in hiding. They would cut off their they hands. They would cut off their hands so they don't sell them. Anything. It, it was very barbaric. It was, it was, it was, it was shocking crazy. information. And, but 10 years ago, they uh, made it illegal to hunt human beings. <laughs> um, but we saw some people in uh, A levels, but, and they were the first of their like first albino people in A levels ever because they could they couldn't, couldn't go to school go because they they would be hunted or it's, people would rip out their hair or, or scratch their skin um they didn't believe that it was real it was it was yeah. it's crazy yeah i mean it, there's just story after story we ended uh, we ended up going to zanzibar um randomly somehow. went to we, zanzibar which was super interesting um we visited a school there um that teaches ch- uh students how to um work in the hotel industry um but as we're driving past a couple little boys they had a car they had made themselves a toy there are no toys there um when i say like those were some of the only toys we saw on that trip but they were made out of a water bottle and four bottle caps and they put a little string on it and that was their car and it was so adorable i mean uh, so clever but you don't see toys there a soccer ball typically and that's why we like to take balls because they love soccer so much but a soccer ball is typically a bag kind of like an ikea bag you know or like a one of the grocery bags i would even say like like a grain bag that you get like um they make it into a ball and then wrap old mosquito netting around it and that is a soccer ball okay um we got to play with one of those soccer yeah that was it was interesting Interesting experience. But there are dozens of stories. A lot of people ask, did you see animals? Yeah. <laughs> we saw animals. We did take um, a short, very short safari, um, because I don't want to go that way, all that way um, without seeing them. But we did see some in the... In the we saw they're mostly giraffe. contained, just like, just like here. Most of the wild animals are contained in national parks. But we saw giraffes this time that were oh, just yeah, we saw Just in the middle the of the road, of the highway. galloping in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, baboons. Just on the side ba- of the road. A baboon road. came into our truck. Oh, yeah, that was um, scary. That was terrifying. Wow, um, okay. So th- there is adventure to be had yeah, sounds like <laughs> in it. Tanzania. And, uh, and the other point I would make is that when we travel, that is our cost. We None of the travel costs come out of any donations. Gotcha. So okay. that would be an important thing for people to know if they were interested in donating. Um, I sell Pampered Chef. I'm a Pampered Chef consultant, and that's gotcha. what I did yeah. last year to raise the money to go uh, to go to Tanzania and take the kids. So yes, it's, I love it so much. So how can people find you guys? This is the part where you plug your stuff. Website. So you talked about it a little bit a second mm-hmm. ago, but just plug it all again. How can people find you guys? Okay, so the Uhuru Watoto Project is uh, it's U H U R U W A T O T O dot Oh, prod, project, project dot com org. dot org. I should know that. Um, I have so many websites I'm responsible for. Um, we're also on Facebook, which is probably the easiest way to find this. Um, Uhuru Watoto Project. Um, is it appropriate to give your phone number? It, it's up to you. I Please would've. do. I mean, it's, it's your call. I'm not one for phone okay. numbers. Or you can text me at uh, 352-457-9005. 
Um, again, uh, that's 352-457-9005. I'm happy to talk to anyone about the project. Okay. All right, guys. Well, fantastic. So this has been a fantastic podcast. Um, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, everyone else, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you've enjoyed the show, then please share it around so others can join in as well. The best way for new listeners to find the show is for our current listeners to talk about us. Follow us on Facebook at TAOB Podcast. Give us a like, drop us a comment, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. It really does help us out. I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.